0: Hmm. Don't forget, we have intro music, and before we can start talking, and then when we see ourselves... That's when it works? Uh, oh no, they can hear everything that we're talking about oh, right now. All right, well, <laughs> But it's just been ongoing. It's like this running joke when we go live, it's like, you're not supposed to talk
1: during the intro music. At least technology, man. figure out the aquarium <laughs> light, man, the, the YouTube live thing, never get it. Thanks, guys. Hey, how's it going? Alright, awesome, yeah. man. So... All right, today we're going to answer a whole bunch of questions, man, from uh, the Hashtag TV. They're good ones today. Oh, wow. We did some research on them today, oh, yeah. talked about it a bit.
0: Yeah, I went in there, found some of the most popular ones, some that were just cool and interesting to talk about. And there's 12,000 members in that group, so there's like 100 plus posts every day, new questions. So. Good news. I mean, totally
1: new. I'm going to change it up from my normal orange tea here oh, no. to Zen.
0: Oh, that's good stuff. Yeah, I
1: think that maybe today will be more interesting because of it. I'll get my vent on, <laughs> we'll find out whether or not maybe I get smarter throughout the whole thing
0: uh, and see what happens. Temperature's getting too warm. I can't drink tea anymore. It's too hot. Oh, you're it's off. It's too hot. All right. All right. Iced tea, dude. Ice tea. I, I agree. All right. Before uh, we get into it, we're going to give away some stuff. Uh, that's what we do here. So, uh, to, uh, two, two carts today. Two carts? Yeah. I All didn't right. find any pre-recent orders in the group that I was looking at, but uh, two carts. Well, uh, for those of you who don't know, put some stuff
1: in your cart, become a reefer, or buy, and we'll just give away your order uh, or your cart for free at the end. Down the footer of the website, go ahead. Yeah. And uh, so, you, Tum- Tumitia, so we have a, a oh, from where though? Uh, and Costa Mesa, California. Costa, Costa Mesa, Costa Mesa. must have a lot of reef tanks, man. I've said this one many times. Really? Now. Yeah. All right. You're getting a uh, awesome leader, universal 3155 auto top off. Bravo. That's That's that one. is 200 bucks and a Salford magnesium test kit. 219 dollars yeah. more points going back to your account bravo oh this is actually not even it's going into your account so you can buy it get so it you can free. buy it yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh, awesome awesome and uh, then we got another one here for richard verdi from uh, new york and it's an aqua gadget custom caddy mid-size innovative marine for 89 bucks and a Comline line skimmer nine zero 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 four Bravo, $141,
0: so he's, he's probably got like an Innovative Marine 40, uh, Nouveau 40 or something, because those both fit in the back chambers of that. I like this game where we guess what they are doing it. Yeah, It'd uh, be absolutely, great that, that is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and $231.15, put it in this cart, it was probably contemplating whether or not, like uh, am I gonna bite on it? Well, now there's no reason not to. There you go. Well, you know, maybe you even get a nicer one now. Oh, you uh, probably upgrade. could. <laughs> 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 upgrade time. All right, oh, we got two, uh, two carts, that was it. All right. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, that was
0: it. Uh, well, I mean, that's 400 bucks that you just gave away, so Boom. that's pretty cool. And Bob's probably just stewing <laughs> over there. I, you know, I don't know.
1: I just don't talk to him about all the stuff Anyway. <laughs> away. Congrats, guys. Yeah, don't <laughs> all right, awesome, man.
0: So uh, we're going to answer some questions here. What was the first one? Uh, we had a few of them. To, uh, we had a few of them, and some of them, like, we're talking two hundred, hundred plus, 200 plus comments from the community answering these questions. Probably the first one that was uh, the, hev- the most heavily commented on was, how often do you do water changes? And I think we have. Uh, mm. Let's pull up the the. How often do you? Write how often do you do water overlay. changes? All right, there it is. no. Uh, nope, nope more. not that one. How often? There Boom. we go. Ah, so Ben. Uh, ben wanted. to Ben asked the group. I really like these questions where you just ask everybody one either like, "Hey, show off your sump," or two, like, "Hey, everybody, what's your thoughts on water changes or how often?" So, mm? obviously, solicited almost three hundred comments from Ben. <laughs> and, uh, so, I wonder,
1: uh 300 comments, that's crazy, man. Yeah, you know I, mean? I well, mean, his
0: phone is blowing up with notifications. Uh, oh, sure, we're about the battery, I bet? Yeah, but getting a lot of good opinions and
1: stuff. All right, so we had our own uh, opinions. I'll let you go first, man. Uh, you know, maybe cut back over. And what did you, so your water change schedule, man. Yeah, you know, how
0: often? when I had a, the, 40 ga- the 40 breeder, uh, I broke it down by not really percentage, although you could, but it was just like how many buckets I wanted to change that week. So the 40 breeder uh, was like two buckets a week, two five-gallon buckets a week, so 10. So yeah, like over 10%, 15%. Uh, but on average, I shoot for 10, 15%, so like anywhere from two to three buckets, depending on my gallon size. Like my 93 cube, uh, three, yeah, three buckets a week, uh, just because it was easy to handle, and uh, it's as many buckets as I had. All right, Cont- stark contrast to that. 15 years ago I started,
1: uh, or something like that. Maybe it's longer now, I don't know. Uh, but I was always told to do 20-30% water changes like 30%. once or twice a month, yeah. and so I'd haul out that big old hose, you know, and uh, like bring it to the tank, start siphoning stuff into yeah. the sink and whatnot, and I always use the like Aquion or uh, what's the other one? Python? Python guy. Yeah, it was a Python guy that I was using, the, and suck it into the
0: sink and let it go down. Well, did you mark like a level on your tank of how much to take out? I don't really a third, you know, whatever right. it is. Eyeballing?
1: Yeah, but the problem, man, was like it just took so long. Yeah. You know, and so like you just didn't want to
0: do it. Gravity you know? doesn't like, suck out very fast.
1: No, I mean, you're into this for two hours, you know, before mm. like you get the like, stuff out, you got everything ready, and plus you made the salt yesterday. So, you know, like now I think people are doing 10, 15% weekly. And on that same tank, it would have been two buckets. And you know what? I think I'd rather do two buckets every week than the hours of crap that I was doing uh, once or twice a month. Pull all the equipment
0: out, get it all ready. Yeah.
1: So it was successful, though. Uh, It was a real successful method for me. And uh, ultimately, you know, it it would stretch, and sometimes I'd even do 50% water changes. You know. Is that Um, if you
0: couldn't, if you forgot, or didn't have time?
1: Summer. Yeah. I'm out barbecuing and doing fun stuff, and winter in Minnesota sucks, yeah. uh, especially if you're me, and I, I don't like skating, snowboarding, <laughs> I, I don't like the snow, so yeah. I'm in the wrong state. So I love the summer, though, so in the summer I go out and do stuff, and so probably uh, skip a month, do 50%. Now, you know that's probably not the uh, most ideal advice, but I never saw a negative uh, outcome from that ever. When The only time I went downhill finally was when I started this business, and Mm. all of a sudden, man, I was working two jobs uh, and like an 80-hour work week Mm. from uh, 7 o'clock in the morning. uh, Drew and I would start the business, and then we'd end uh, the steakhouse at uh, 11. So I don't even know how many hours that is, but it's too many. (laughs) And uh, then it started to not do water changes, and what actually was super cool is the Xenia, I think, kept my tank alive. Uh, filter, filter I would right? grow Xenia like nobody's business, man. I'd cut it off on the side of the tank. It would mm. fill up the whole sh- sheet on the side of the, of the 90-gallon tank. And I'd scrape it all off to the bottom, so there's only like maybe an inch left. And then by the end next, end, end next of like uh, probably month and a half, it would already have grown all the way to the Jeez. top, the whole sheet. And then uh, uh, once the Xenia died from the uh, outer top-off failure that some of you probably already know the story oh, about, yeah, yeah. that's when the tank went south because hmm. I no longer have that nutrient export of all that Xenia that makes and sense. the biomass.
0: That makes sense. People are uh, There's some people out there that use Xenia, that use Xenia for like refugiums or uh-huh. uh, like a, in the sump. You just stole it right out of my mouth. Oh, I, yeah? I want to do Xenia, <laughs> Xenia refugium so bad oh, right now. Do you compare the two? Uh-huh. Well, you know I was thinking about really cool
1: because uh-huh. I, I I'm thinking about this tank that's going to go up in my house, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking in, like clam
0: refugium. I can't. Tyler, right? Tyler's a b- yeah. big proponent for that. Look
1: down like yeah. uh, clam. I was even thinking you could make one of those cool like zero edge tanks that ah. looks like it's a display in your house mm-hmm. somewhere but it's actually your refugium. Nah, that's cool. You know just just look down clams you know so that's pretty cool. I don't know but also Xenia refugium.
0: Yeah it'd be interesting to see how efficient they are. Uh, Reduction. I'm not say it was super efficient for me. Hmm. Uh, it was
1: also a fertilizer for my yard, because I could ref- never get rid of that much of that If time.
0: a Cato Refugium can work too well, which we know it probably can, uh, I wonder if a Xenia filter could work just even keel. I, I don't know if, you yeah. could, uh, if it, it can would up too well. Does
1: it take faster than the other corals in there? I don't like, know. Like maybe the, I don't know w- who knows? That's worth testing. Uh, uh, I don't know. It's way cooler than a <laughs> ball of Cato Morpha, uh, I can tell you that for sure. Maybe you want to show it off all right so all that uh i know a lot of people just do water changes when it looks like it needs it yeah i will tell you that looks like it needs it means the animals you care for look sick
0: that's yeah i mean like
1: literally their tissue is showing you signs of bad news Mm. uh like something about it is not going well that is probably too far. So, I understand you should do them then, I just wouldn't rely on it in that fashion because if you're like caring for a puppy, mm. and the only way that like you know the puppy is sick is when its tissue is telling you, you went too far, man. <laughs> That's uh, true. You definitely went too far. So probably not when it looks like it needs it. I know people do that, but, uh, uh, and
0: you could probably do that for a while. But I mean, a lot of people, say like even for this tank I have my canary coral in yep. the tank where I'm like alright I watched that one and if it starts to go south I know it's yep. something I need to make take action in the tank. So
1: go south though is a really nice way of saying like when it's dying uh, <laughs> that's, that's when we should try to save it. Yeah. How do we try to save it before that? True. But you're right that one coral in there yeah. absolutely does hmm. that. Uh, I don't know if people do it when they do ICP. So ICP tells you to do water change. Yeah, uh, I don't think there's any problem with that. If, if it says in the ICP report that your water is good it probably is. And I'd probably leave it alone. Mm-hmm. But if it tells you to do a water change, it's telling you it's bad and you should probably do the water change. Yeah. Uh, and so and people definitely do that. Uh, right now though, what do you do with auto or water changes?
0: I, I don't. Well, I, I don't do water changes by hand. I do them with uh, an auto water change system, so I don't have to carry buckets. And the most I have to do effort-wise is make up a, a and now that we know how long, like some of the parameters of salt water like can keep hmm. uh, I can make up a large storage bin like if I was in my basement and I had this knowledge and I had a an auto water change dosing system or a dose or something uh, I'd probably still have my tank up in my house because I know I can go make 60 gallons of water turn it on auto water change whether it's continuous or like push button continuous would probably be my way to go and then not the only time I have to touch it is when I need to go make no more water. So, all you guys have heard that auto
1: water change pitch a thousand times. won't bore oh, you with it again. Sure. But it, it really is the ultimate stabilizer for me and uh, also, ultimate, like, it will allow me to have a tank. Uh, the tank goes in my house. I'm going to go as far as to say there's no chance I'd put a big tank in there mm-hmm. unless I could auto water change it. At least, at if, if, if minimum, if it wasn't with like a dose or something, that would be like valves going to a drain where I could just empty it and yeah. fill it because. Yeah. I am not hauling around buckets uh, anymore. No. <laughs> uh, eventually, you kind of graduate past it, and you realize the risk of it. And the risk is not that the bucket's gonna fail, it's you're gonna fail the bucket. Like, eventually, Absolutely. you're gonna get tired of carrying buckets around, uh-huh. and you'll stop doing them, which puts the tank and the animals, they rely on you at risk. So not the bucket or the work, it's just a risk that after five years, and when going to get tired of doing the buckets. Yeah. You know? So...
0: Uh, sort of the natural progression in the hobby. I think uh, everybody follows that, that I'm going to do water changes every week and gung-ho and then... Some people actually stick with it. Some, there's, There's reefers that I know that years and years later, it's... It's sort of like their calm, uh, their time to themselves with their reef tank on the weekend where I'm gonna do the water changes, I'm gonna do this maintenance and stuff like that. Really calming stuff for them. For me, I'm just busy, uh, so. I agree. Uh, I will say though, if you do the water change in the beginning
1: yourself manually, it's gonna get, help you get in tune with the rhythm of the tank and True. what happens when you do and don't do them. So yeah. setting them up auto from the beginning would be super cool, but also you get a, like you lose a chance of a learning opportunity of what happens when you do and don't do them and how what your actions do to help uh, protect the animals' lives in the tank. So uh,
0: I mean, right? there's some, there's probably some. Uh, Cost associated with that too, where I'm, if I'm say I'm starting like a, a brand new, I'm starting first into the RC plane hobby. I'm personally not going to go out and buy the no. several thousand dollar plane right off the bat. I'm going to p- go to the hobby lobby and probably pick one up for like fifty bucks and get my feet wet. Cheapest remote possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and then work my way up if yeah, I get addicted to it. Well, you know what it is, Is success
1: breeds success. So like if I crash my plane day one, yeah. I may never get another plane. But I only spend 50 bucks on it. If I do loop-de-loops with it the first day and somehow land it, yeah. I will probably crash tomorrow but I'll buy a new one because that was such a cool experience the first time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, a- absolutely. Like we invest, success it allows us to like do new, cool, fun things yeah, and, and invest and make life easier. All right, so let's move on to the next question. Redfield ratio. I mean, like, I just can see everybody. Like, what? They're going to talk about redfield
0: ratio? But yet, you know what? We're going to do it. Uh, And so, where is it? Okay. He's got it pulled over here. Uh, So, Ben was uh, asking the question. He just, he's heard about redfield ratio, and I think we've all kind of, like, Bounced it or heard it on the forums or around in the hobby, he just wants to make sense. He's trying to make sense of the red field ratio, uh, what it is, and what's the so-called perfect numbers to aim for if you're following this red field ratio.
1: All right, so here's the deal. <laughs> it's garbage, man. Uh, I mean, <laughs> like, I don't, it's not garbage, but it's also total garbage. Yeah. Uh, it is the ratio of uh, organic. Carbon to mm. nitrogen to phosphorus in the ocean.
0: So um, one sixty to sixteen to one. Yep. So one. What is it? One sixty. One sixty okay. organic carbon, uh, sixteen nitrate and to one, one to one, one phos- ratio of phosphate. phosphorus. Phosphorus. Yeah. All right. So yeah, that is
1: absolutely correct, and those organisms absolutely you know evolved over a millennia to live in an environment like that. And if you could do it in your tank, I would say you are amongst the best reefers out there and you should have tremendous pride in yourself. Mm. And if you want to shoot for it, go ahead. But the, you know, problem is the ratio does not scale. So, like, you may think it scales. You may not. There is no, what I would call, real evidence to say that it scales, meaning that there's almost no nitrogen and phosphorus in the ocean and— so like, you know, the 0.001 mm-hmm. phosphorus scale to nitrate is like not something that you can really maintain in your tank very well. It's just impossible to ride the edge of zero. You're right. And so the s- scale of 16 to one would mean like, if I had, you know, 16 nitrogen, uh, would I have one part per million phosphorus in the tank and then expect the same results in my tank is in the ocean? No. No. And the total flyer is nobody knows which, how much organics is a part of the equation.
0: So, like, it's just totally made up. Yeah. Well, it's it's starting to get really mad scientist if you're trying to play that that game. And, I mean, when you look at other people's tanks, uh, over the decades that the hobby's been going, uh, nobody's really attacked Redfield Ratio up until, I mean, maybe ever. I don't know if anybody's actively trying to.
1: I'd say a lot of people like bring it up as a potential evolution of the conversation and it is that. Right. but it's kind of like misused uh, and really anecdotally. And so all the scientists of the reefing hobby just berate the poor person that brings it up, mm. which is equally unhelpful uh, by the way, uh, is hey man, let's challenge each other in a friendly manner to help evolve the conversation and see what you know really does apply here. There's a couple of things that just for me, mm. like throw a big kink in it. A, you don't know how much organic carbon's in the tank. And now with uh, the uh, Triton DOC testing, it's possible we could figure out what the organic carbon content is. But how uh, do you adjust it, personally? Yeah. How do you adjust it? We well, you can adjust it, probably water changes. I think they actually have some stuff you can dose it to. Yeah. And that's one of the things that, about carbon dosing that everybody you know has been doing, or not everybody, but a lot of people have been mm-hmm. doing over, over the years. And uh, you know you know, you didn't do enough when uh, you still have a lot of nitrate and f- nitrogen or nitrate and phosphate in the tank. If you did too much, how would you know? I
0: don't know. Uh, You're zero. We know zero is not good.
1: Yeah. You could be overdosing the problem. is almost every probably probably is overdosing because you probably set the thing up the dose to get the levels down. Yeah. And whatever the low dose is to get it down is totally different than it is to maintain it at that level, right? Which is probably a fraction of it. So I could be dumping in. I mean, I could have eight million to 16 to one uh, carbon to phosphorus to nitrogen and who knows what that would do <laughs> you know like we really don't know and like so it's uh definitely a problem the second piece of this now is that hmm. the new evolutionist conversation is dinos and cyano uh, yeah. and diatoms are all caused by an imbalance of uh nitrogen to phosphorus some of the conversation is because it's not in balance to the field ratio, mm-hmm. some of it, the conversation is just because it's too low or too high or whatever, but now it's shifted away from, it was definitely because it was too high, too high, too high, too high, and now it's too low, too low, too low. And now it's an imbalance. You know, like, it's really easy to jump on that thing, but it certainly isn't solving everybody's problem to go di- dose some nitrate and watch all the problems go away. So it's probably not as simple as that. It could be the ratio of carbon in there is, as well. So. Mm-hmm. I think it'll be interesting to see what comes out of the DOC testing from Trident. Like, yeah, it, it's super nerdy, but like, I mean, it's almost more nerdy than I'm willing to nerd out on. We sent in a few samples of it to see what the results are coming back, which we, we did. should have
0: this week. So uh,
1: it will uh, be interesting to see. In relation to carbon dosing too, uh, I talked to you about the, earlier about the WWC guys and their thoughts. On oh carbon yeah, dosing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, they have a pretty good. Uh, they have a pretty good thought process to it to where what was it the the entire crew of wwc with however many employees are diehard nerdy reefers they love reefing they love every aspect of reefing they're just into the hobby into the forums into the groups talking geek and geeking out on this and that and they said that carbon dosing is too geeky for them
1: even yep i mean like if you take a group like wwc's nerds and like which are nerds like cubed you know <laughs> i say that in the most friendly possible manner like i group i hope really love i would actually love to be able to group myself with them uh but nerds cubed and if, if even if nerds cubed like isn't uh, able to uh, like doesn't want that level of nerd yeah it's time to move on you know like uh, def- definitely definitely like it is such an unknown factor what you're happening when you're dosing all that carbon into the tank
0: so then what do we, so what do we aim for then like if uh if we know zero is not good and we know that super high uh, of nitrate and phosphate is not good is there like a range a ratio is there any type of something that we could aim for so uh, I would love, I'd love to know if the, the scientists out there
1: are going to berate me for this or if uh, everybody else will say, oh, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I, I don't know. So like, in the comments, I'd love to hear. Berate me all you want. <laughs> uh, I would say that it's probably you know, reasonable to say let's follow the ratio to a degree like not have super strong expectations, but the further you get away from the nutrient ratio in the ocean, yeah, yeah. Uh, like nutrients being phosphorus, nitrogen, and organic carbon, the more wildly mess that up, uh, messed up that is, the more wildly messed up it's gonna be in your tank. Mm-hmm. And definitely in the ocean, there have been indications that any one of those things that are elevated can cause blooms of undesirable organisms mm-hmm. like, uh, in controlled areas. so. Like having deviated drastically from that ratio is probably bad. So hey, if you've got a tank and you want to uh, try to find uh, that ratio, go
0: ahead. And for what's worth, it isn't uh, uh, 16 to one. It is. Yeah, that's nitrogen to phosphorus. But we're talking in terms of nitrates to phosphates, which we all pretty much test for and understand. Mm -hmm. That's the ten and a half to one. Ten and a half to one.
1: So ten and a half to one. So you know what. Don't make go mad scientist on this, but if you want to use this ratio to some degree, uh, try to hit ten to one nitrogen, nitrate to phosphate, and uh, you know, explore it and share your results with people. Mm. Uh, and the further you get away from that ratio, share those results too. Uh, but I- in that environment, that means that if I had uh, one nitrate, I'd have you know roughly 0.01. point zero one
0: nine to point one nine
1: yeah somewhere phosphate, right in there i'll just take there. the 10x instead of 10 and <laughs> yeah because you're not going to get that close anyway yeah uh but you know if i had point uh, zero three uh nitrate you know that would be you know our, our our point one phosphate you know i'd have one nitrate in the tank mm. you know yeah and and so on so you know there's a ratio that you could follow it's probably a little closer to something that's realistic I, and you know what? If you fall way out of that, it's 20 to 1, you're probably doing way, 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 way better than anybody else. Mm. So I don't know about uh, uh, the red field ratio. So I'm going to give you one little piece because you pulled out that slide what the red field ratio is, and it's that little fish guy down there. So the Redfield ratio is, roughly speaking, is just the organic content or the nutrient content of the ocean. And it's because plankton uh, is 16 to 1. It's because the shrimp that eat the plankton are 16 to 1. It's because the fish that eat the uh, shrimp are 16 to 1. And then the sharks that eat the fish are roughly 16 to 1. And then when the whale dies, it breaks down into 16 to 1. And that is all not actually 100% true. Some of them will vary from 16 to 1, you can go back. Uh, they'll vary from 16 to 1, but the overall equation of all that stuff, dying, living, pooping in the ocean, produces a 16 to 1 in most of the ocean yeah. or a vast majority of the places that they have collected samples from pretty consistently. And there's some scientists that say it varies a little bit differently. They have a little slightly different ratio,
0: but that's the most commonly referred to one. Well, I mean, uh, in so the further for people looking for like listening to it and like looking for a number like what should i target my nitrates what should i target my phosphates for uh i think you you give some pretty good examples in like the brs wwc for where wwc shoot aims for and there's also a bit in those what we aim for what wwc aims for and in those there's uh it's it's not like If I'm aiming for 10 parts per million or 10 between six six to 10 parts per million nitrate, uh, it's in between some some number and some number. It's not. I am dying trying to stay and maintain at 10 parts per million nitrate or six parts per million nitrate. I, that's where people start getting into dosing this and then backing up the dosing and increasing the dosing. And how does that relate to your food input and, and uh, nutrition input? And then how does that relate to controlling your export? Like, do I d- start dialing in my Cato my and my refugium to export less because now this is off? I mean, that starts to turn into a Mad scientist
1: so. will produce negative results
0: and, and headaches. For, end of story. Yeah, <laughs> for you for, and the tank. For sure. All
1: right, we nerded out enough. It's time to move on to the next conversation, man.
0: Uh, not see if there's carbon any... dosing, Redfield.
1: Oh, is there questions there's, in here? There's a couple questions. All right, let's answer
0: a couple. Uh, the new ICP test for organics. How close will that get you to the ratio? You know, I don't know. We are going to get the results on this thing uh, pretty
1: soon. I don't have any idea what's going to come out of the DOC. If you look at their website or the product, yeah. like I have no idea what it's going to do. Yeah, what the chart? I think we're is. like two days away from maybe some results. We got the mm. Germany received it email, yeah. so uh, should be a matter of days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, It says that it tells you all the different types of nitrogen. I don't know if that means like nitrate and nitrite and ammonia nice. maybe it's telling you that even the organics in the form
0: of uh, amino acid or broken down food or whatnot i don't i don't really know yeah so it'll be super interesting, be interesting. to see what it reports out yeah i'll post uh, i'll probably end up posting like the screenshots of some of the the reports and just see what it is
1: I gotta, be, I gotta be honest man i'd be surprised if that many people know who hasn't done it already if you've done it already you probably know oh, yeah like if you haven't done it already the product description, the website, but I've talked to these guys in person at two different shows about it, yeah. and I still like uh, still went it, like, over my head, like, <laughs> well, what are you actually displaying? Well, all the forms of nitrogen. Okay, wow. well, nitrate, like it just, the conversation just gets mucky mm-hmm. every time. So, you know, I'm gonna be really curious to be able to dissect what we get in the report and how I'd apply it to a reef tank. Uh, and yeah. then maybe suggest how we display that on the website a little bit better, so average, average person can understand what the hell it is they're Right. Right. <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. What? Other, give me another question here. Uh, let's see. There hmm.
0: is.
1: How long can salt water be stored if there's a powerhead circulating? Oh, uh, well, that's interesting. Totally different than what we're talking about today. No, but that was
0: uh, in reference to I think the water change. That one popped oh, up maybe. in our last right. topic.
1: So uh, the answer is uh, you're
0: gonna well, well if, not just water circulation but we heated. So my my prediction is so we just did the the store how long can water store be stored uh, without circulation without heating just pretty much just mix it up and then become and then stagnant, and I mean there were some varying lengths and degrees well there's some varying degrees of how the alkalinity and calcium changes over storage, for the most part a lot of what we tested was like it may or not it may vary so little that you just store it indefinitely you store it for quite a while until you're ready to use it uh without circulation and heating so i'm actually going to start to set up the uh the next version of this like today so we can get it off the ground like tomorrow uh where we circulate and heat um i imagine the uh, the introduction of heat is going to be a major variable in how long how long it's going to maintain the parameters I I was dead wrong in the last one. So I uh,
1: honestly thought when you stored the even not mixed and uh, not heated, I fully expected all of them to lose like at least a DKH over you know the three weeks. Yeah, you know, and it didn't happen. No, right. In this case, I also expect terrible results from from heating it and mixing it. You know mixing is going to promote all kinds of uh, uh, chemical reactions mm-hmm. and promote them to happen faster heating it is definitely going to reduce the solubility of the calcium and alkalinity mm-hmm. and cause it to precipitate out faster uh, or at least uh, all the chemistry I've ever learned is going to say says that. Uh, That's what we think. Yeah, so I expect terrible results, but I guess we're going to find out. Uh, we didn't have one planned on just mixing, though. Maybe we'll have to circle back around to just mm-hmm. that one, uh, and I guess I don't see a good reason not to do that
0: one after this. Yeah, for sure, because I mean, there's some people that just that have no either have no need to heat their water because they live in that type of incli- uh, climate or you know they're probably might be doing it like we do for some of these uh, auto water changes where you're doing such a low percentage every day of continuous water change the temperature of your storage water doesn't matter yeah i think the only real argument
1: i'd say for mixing it uh you know perpetually Mm. would be maybe to keep gas exchange going and you know keep oxygen levels up or something but if you're going to do a 10 percent water change uh, I don't think it's gonna really matter. And, and if I did a fifty percent water change and it was severely oxygen depleted somehow, maybe that some bacteria built up in there and uh, depleted the oxygen. Uh, that that would probably matter then, but only then.
0: So you also mentioned you also mentioned when we were talking about the results of it that uh, maybe in a stagnant tank, uh, depending on how much volume there is, maybe there are pockets of. Uh, disproportionate homogenized Mm -hmm. mixtures of the solution where this pocket here might have a higher alk and this pocket here might have lower calcium?
1: Well, definitely stabilize over time. But that was one of the things when we were testing the alkalinity and calcium, we saw them kind of go up and down more than you thought. And like, partially could just be the inconsistencies of the test kit. Yeah. But it also could be just as things are dissolving, you know, like, the top maybe just a little bit different than the bottom or whatnot. And it will eventually probably mix up, but we were pulling samples from the center right in the you center, know, yeah. but, uh, yeah, it's definitely possible. So maybe we'll do that one, man. Uh, and uh, after we do the, the heated and mixed version. All right.
0: Uh, wait, let's see, what else have we got here? Um, Using GFO, could this mess up the ratio and therefore cause, we're back to right. the ratio. There one. it is, Let's ratio. Uh,
1: can you pick that one out so we can see the end of it? Second one from the bottom. So tune in a bit late. Does this mean using GFO alone would mess up the ratio and cause an imbalance in my tank? So that is definitely part of the conversation that's going on. Uh, And so, you know, GFO doesn't have to be used 24-7, right? Uh, And it it definitely could reduce the available nitrogen or phosphorus uh, and phosphate to an undesirable
0: level. Mm. But it's it's also one of those is like how much – so say you had elevated uh, levels of – phosphates in your tanks how much gfo and for how long and uh, and how much do you use and what type do you use and which way to only bring it down by this much rather than all the way to zero hard. you can't do that really it's not that measurable i, I think,
1: think i think that's why the guys over at worldwide use the Lanthium chloride or i don't know phosphate because it's or measurable whatever it is from brightwell yeah. yeah because i can actually go do the math on it mm. it just precipitates the stuff out so I can dose uh, you know X amount of milliliters in this volume size uh, tank, and it will reduce uh, by you know, phosphate much. by this much. Yeah. So GFO is a little bit more of a hammer. The one part, like as we like, you know, this conversation bounces back and forth. Like I want less G- or less uh, phosphate in my tank, and I want more phosphate, and blah, blah, blah. You know, like you just go back and forth. So think stages of the tank, mm. right? So in the beginning, lower phosphate means lower algae lower algae means more success, yeah. right? Like the biggest reason that you're going to tear that tank down inside of a year is because it's full of algae and somebody else in your household says, get that ugly thing out of my house. Right? You may <laughs> even say it to yourself. So in the beginning, ultra low phosphate and preventing like algae outbreaks and whatnot is probably you know, the key to success. Later on, the thing is full of tons and tons of coral the you know, success of those corals may be maintaining some level of phosphorus in the tank. Mm. And so one of the things you can do is make sure that you're adding a source of phosphorus in the tank in the form of prey. So prey could be amino acids, it could be food, it could be additional fish for uh, fish poop and whatnot. In fact, we added a, a few tanks, this tank, uh, one of them is pretty big, and we call him the pooper for a reason. <laughs> uh, like, I just wanted additional poopers in the tank. I want more nutrients yeah. in, in the tank in that form because we have a hard time maintaining it. There's so much coral uptake uh, of nitrogen, phosphorus, no matter how much food we put in, it just dissipates. So, yeah, uh, yeah. so GFO could, I'll say GFO is probably the most widely used nitro, or phosphorus, their uh, phosphate reducing media, mm-hmm. super, super effective. So effective that I think a lot of tanks could probably have a misleading idea of how they're running their tank because there's no algae and everything looks pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, and then one day, man, like they let the GFO go too long and they find out their nitrates are actually 300. <laughs> uh, boom, algae. You know. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's a it's a it's a cool tool. It doesn't work for every last thing, and there is an inverse to using it too much. All right. Hey, let's move on to other questions.
0: Yeah, for sure. The crazy
1: stuff. So, so there was click one on
0: uh, the one called bare minimum. Bare oh bare minimum. Yep, that was it. Yeah, so David was uh, oh, yeah. was asking us what is asking the group over on hashtag uh, askbrstv. Almost 200 comments on this one. What's the bare minimum equipment he would need to start a, uh, start up a saltwater tank? So uh, automatically to me that that sounds like you know this is your first foray into saltwater and uh it's kind of back to our radio controlled car uh you know our radio remote controlled plane uh conversation where uh which like uh, if i'm going to get into that hobby which one do i get how much do i need to spend and what what's the bare minimum i can get away with and enjoy flying the plane uh but not like spend thousands of dollars right off the bat and then that, that's that's where i like maybe that's where i feel this question comes from and uh, uh, for a lot of us, I'd probably say that the starter tank for a lot and lot of reefers who are just getting out is that 40 breeder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, So,
1: So definitely though, I mean, this is kind of a budgetary thing. And it isn't budgetary in the essence of like how much money you make in this universe. Oh, no. It's how much you're willing to spend on it. Yeah. Right? And it's, it's just going to vary like totally different from one person to another. But this is one of the things I learned about reefers is you could never convince somebody to like decide they want a a aquarium or saltwater aquarium. Like you have to be the type of nerd that says, you know what? The harder it is, the more I want to do it. Yeah, you know, like the bigger right. the challenge is, the more excited I am to do this thing. And so, because of that, you're probably willing to invest in it more than the average person would mm-hmm. be. Like, if I told you I'm going to spend two thousand dollars in a tank, you'd be like, "What? Are you, are you insane?" Yeah. yeah like, whatever. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you spent two thousand dollars in the tires in your car. Yeah, but they look nice. Like, well, your priorities are totally different than mine. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had somebody actually over the weekend say to me. Uh, that they thought that the Ecotech radions were overpriced and like because of that they would never recommend them and it's like a shilly or something, Hmm. right? And like, yeah, I mean I understand where you're coming from, but like in the same frame of mind, I think that like a Lexus is an overpriced version of a Toyota, and I'd never recommend that to anybody because <laughs> you're paying like twice as much due for some plush. Yeah, you know, like most of the cars, are the exact same thing. It's like what color you know fabric did you staple to it? Yeah, you know,
0: like,
1: <laughs> uh, and it's it's more than that. But like how you j- justify these things is totally different to everybody. So for some people, a brand new tank could be you know 500 bucks. It's probably about. It's as cheap as you're reasonably going to do a normal-sized tank. And yeah,
0: I mean, with all the, everything that you need to actually have something living in a glass box. Yeah, like I'm, in, I'm into it for about 500 bucks.
1: Me, I'm nerdy enough. Uh, when I started this, uh, you know, I was just a waiter, and so like I wasn't like rich by any imagine- oh, yeah. imagination, but I went there with two grand. Yeah, like I, I just kind of assumed that this is what this is going to cost. <laughs> I wanted a 90-gallon tank. And like uh, I was probably even light a little bit on that one, you know, the way I was going to go about it. But, you know, that's the budget that I had for it. But I think most people are probably going to start closer to that 500 bucks, you mm-hmm. know, inside so of that. Let's think about a $500 tank. What does it look like?
0: Uh, you got to think of like, what does it take to keep this stuff alive? And one is, I mean, equipment wise, of course, you're going to need salt. Of course, you're going to need water. A bucket get salt, you know, 60 bucks. Yeah. You know, water or whatever that takes. Probably uh, at that point when I first started, I went and got RO water, RO only water from, like, the grocery store in the thing um, because I didn't know where to get water or how to make my own. I bought a Kent Marine RO system day one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You need one. Down the path of good water. Uh, Yeah, so, I mean... What do you need to keep this stuff alive? Well, they like flow. I mean, they need to for metabolic function and things like that. They need to have movement in the water, like ocean currents. Mm-hmm. Uh, some somewhat somewhat debate. You said heaters, and I don't know. Somewhat debate heaters. It depends on where you live, I guess, or how temperature controlled your ambient room is. But I'd use a heater. It's too cheap, man. Like uh, I mean, you could argue that if,
1: if your room is perfect, blah blah blah. No, but. Uh, like there's just too many reasons why the temperature in my room goes up or down, or specifically down. Yeah. Uh, somebody turns it up, whatever. Air conditioning, it's cold mm. outside, whatever. So I and I, I just don't think an unstable tank like that is not controlled at all. A bad move, especially it's like you know 35 bucks. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, so flow. So you need some sort of flow power heads, what have you? I probably go Corellias in this case because it's. The, I think they're the cheapest probably option out there. They push like, a lot of water. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't. I don't think there's anything cheaper out there. It doesn't need to be DC and whatever, mm-hmm. and they're just really so easy to use. Put some flow in it.
0: Yeah. Yep. Uh, we're also talking about like probably one of the main components, just light. Mm-hmm. Like for corals, I mean, if you're doing a fish only, you're still gonna light this stuff. You're gonna light these these tanks either way. You wanna see your fish, you wanna see your corals, and uh, you need light. Corals need light to grow. So So. we were talking about what's the cheapest way. And so Mm. I, I would say
1: that LEDs are like the hot thing, right? Like by hot thing, like the only thing. You know, like, especially as you're a new person, who wants to go buy a, you know, aging technology? Like, was the last time you go to Home Depot and buy fluorescent lights for your house? You know, it's all <laughs> LED stuff, right? Yeah, true. Even the LED tubes now, or uh, fluorescent tubes can have LED options, right? so but that isn't necessarily true for aquariums you know leds uh pose different problems especially the cheap ones so you can definitely go on like amazon or ebay or whatever and, and they call them black boxes and they will absolutely work mm-hmm. uh and uh they you know, plug in the difference though is you don't really know how they work right so a lot of them are pretty strong and they may overpower the light you know we're testing like thousand par on some of these things so yeah you definitely gotta tune them back but it's not really easy so for the average new reefer, you can definitely have success with the black boxes, uh, especially if you know how to use them properly. But for the new reefer, that those things don't actually go together super well. So, uh, if you need 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 LEDs, go ahead. You know, go ahead. That's probably your cheapest option to pick something up like that. Mm. Uh, however, what we were talking about today was, I think, even a better option.
0: Yeah, uh, I mean, one thing. Well, like you said, with LEDs, there's so many. For me, there's so many variables in there that you could get it wrong. Like you could, Even you could mess done up the this lighting. for years. Oh, easy. It gets it wrong all the time. We're talking intensity, maybe color spectrum to some degree, but it, intensity is probably the number one reason why LEDs tend More yeah, s- isn't
1: horsepower. More is not better. Yeah. In fact, less is way better in almost every case.
0: But one thing I've always, I, I've, I, since I started the hobby, one thing I've always, like, it's been easy and it's plug and play. And I plug this thing into the timer, or into a wall, and I'd say, I want it to run 12 hours, and that's all the thought I need to put into this thing T5s. I get get all of the best worlds. I get a nice diffused light that uh, LEDs you'd either have to space strategically in your tank to get even diffusion across the thing, add diffusers in some cases. Uh, Also, you know, like this uh, all-encompassing type of... I mean, for the price, you can cover a 36-inch tank where you might need two LEDs at a higher cost to cover that same size tank. I can get a 36-inch T5 fixture for half or you know three times three times less the cost and my whole tank's covered and it's plug and play plug it in success and so uh there's a couple options in that department i was saying like the uh this i think the sun t5s that we carry like they're they're what? utility lights they're grow lights. 30 bucks oh, yeah 130 140 bucks for about a 36 inch 36 because we're talking like the 40 breeder size uh yeah yeah uh, those t5s work really well but then you Then you, I mean, you are limited to this is this is what a lot of people say in the hobby is like, God, uh, buy once, don't buy twice, because you're always you know respending and Eh, respending. Sure, it's it's true, it's gonna happen regardless. But there, I mean, there is an option that the there is an option that you have the path to upgrade, uh, which is start with T5s with one of those like aquatic Life fixtures or one of those. uh, I mean, Giesman just came out with their Stellar version too. Um, but yeah, you can start. You can get T5s, have plug and play success, and then as you want explore more, want more power, more LEDs, or more coverage, or whatever. You can add LEDs into it as you see fit and grow with the uh, with your light. I'm gonna tell you right now after our discussion that is
1: now officially my. Go-to answer to uh, lighting an inexpensive tank mm. is that Aquatic Life T5 because you can keep most most corals and stuff under that like uh, all of the LPS and you know softies yeah. softies and polyps and stuff all oh, is not the right word most uh, and like have success with your brand new tank with and just the T5s just the T5s you're into it for like 230 bucks yeah. and uh, then. When uh, time sees fit and I wanna upgrade and I wanna buy like some more advanced corals that require more light, like some SPS corals, I can go plug in my favorite LED into the top, like literally almost any LED uh, Mm -hmm. uh, out there that's in a module form. Plugging in the top, I now have my T5 Hybrid, which is really you know, considered to be one of the best options in reefing because yeah. you get that blanket coatage of light that comes from the T5s that you know, uh, is low contrast and hits all the shadowed areas. And then you create this high contrast light from the single point of light in the LED which creates the shimmer in the tank, makes it visually appealing, and then d- creates some darker and lighter areas, but all of them within uh, the area the corals probably grow in. So, like to me, that's the best path for a brand new tank. You want to you know bare minimum to start a saltwater tank, because you can walk up I- into you know the range that almost everybody's in. In fact. You know, there's so many really, really advanced, super successful reefers out there using that exact method of what they started out with, Mm. which is the uh, Aquatic Life Hybrid with their favorite LED or the LEDs they already owned. And they probably started with LEDs and they found out, like, you know, it was a little challenging to get what they wanted. They could put in a million LED modules to try to solve this. Or they can just backfill the light with some cheap T5s and, you know, instead of buying $3,000 in lights, you can get it done for a third of that, you know, or even maybe less. So, yeah, I I would definitely say that. So we got a 40, if you want to get into this super cheap, 40 breeder, Mm -hmm. aquatic life, uh, 36 inch fixture, maybe the little $25 bracket that makes it, narrows it up a little bit. Uh, uh, some high door Corellia Power Edge, probably the bigger ones, and uh, a heater. Rock. Rock. You don't even need salt, uh, or sand, I mean, rather. Yeah. <laughs> you do need <laughs> you salt. Do need salt. <laughs> Bucket of salt. Yeah. So, like, you don't need a skimmer, you don't need a chemical reactor, you don't need uh, an overflow, you don't need a sump, you don't need uh, any of that stuff. All of that stuff will make it easier and uh, better, True. but, like, almost all that stuff, can be almost, rep all the filtration stuff anyway, can be completely removed with your willingness to take buckets of water out with a water change and replace it with new. Yeah. And when you are uh, get tired of that, go buy a $300 skimmer, right? Add It'll save sump. some quality of life for you maybe mm-hmm. or whatnot. But mm-hmm. like add a sump, and the sump is nice because you can get all the cords out of the tank Yeah. And the heater's not dangling in there anymore. You're getting some increased uh, uh, evaporation, I can put better equipment in there. Uh, or I should say gas exchange, better gas exchange. You can get better equipment down in there and it just gives you a place to put all the equipment that's not in the tank or hanging on the back mm-hmm. of the tank. But you can walk your way there. And we definitely did that with uh, the 40 gallon breeder. By the way, we say 40 gallon breeder just cause it's the right dimensions for a reef tank. But also because you
0: can get them for 40 bucks at Petco. Yeah. Just really frequently. Yeah, I mean, we've got three of them over here. We've got 40 breeders all over and I would almost venture to say that all the reefers here at BRS had a 40 breeder sometime in their, in their lives. Like, yeah. Oh, I've, for sure. I've had one for sure. The first multiple.
1: series that we did on how to build a saltwater aquarium was based on a 40 big gallon breeder. And we did eventually upgrade it and put, uh, no, it was all hang on gear to begin with. Yeah. So we did upgrade it and that one was kind of fun because, you know, it was just me and Reed in the basement and we we're just trying to take the actual progression of a uh, average reefer would take as you like upgrade all this stuff. And we had a hang on Fuge and we had a hang on, uh, a skimmer, mm-hmm. and eventually drilled it, uh, and that was oh, a terrible. Yeah. We had a we we're in the air path, <laughs> air fl- uh, flight I path. I was trying to drill this stupid thing, and like every thirty seconds we had to stop because was an airplane. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was uh, it was uh, that was a pretty interesting series, man. So I think that's what we do.
0: All just right, just some bare minimum stuff. All right, to I got get thirteen
1: in. minutes left, man. Uh, I got a hard stop today at, at
0: four o'clock. Okay, so, uh, which one are we gonna cover here, man? Uh, let's, let's do the crazy stuff. Yeah, more. let's let's talk about, our, let's talk about all weird. right so let's see weird behaviors there you go
1: oh is there any questions here man before we get too far it, i'll
0: jump back to us yeah there. you can jump back man
1: ah all right does dino x work all right uh, it's uh third from the top there uh, or not third uh in the top third. i
0: mean i've heard mixed stories about this that yeah it works worked for me and no this stuff is snake oil it doesn't work and uh i want to i don't know i've I'm kind of like on the fence of both of them. There's like there's different strains of dinoflagellates out there. So, th- and from what I've read, they all uh, most of them react differently to different treatment methods. So, you know, there is a possibility that dy- uh, Dino X works for some. For uh, Maybe it hasn't been identified what strain, or maybe there was some alt, some additional you know circumstances that led to hey I dosed Dino X, but I did this and I did this and I also did this and there's stuff that they're discounting that might be in that equation too, that uh, could lead to it, uh, or maybe it works on some strains. Uh, it's tough to say. It definitely works sometimes.
1: Yeah. Right. So like uh, uh, not all the time. Oh, we'd all that would be the, the knee jerk. I even talked to the owner there Claude and uh, he told me that it is a last resort mm. because sometimes it takes the whole tank south man you yeah. know so this is not the first thing that you would go to and, and even if the owner owns up to that uh, like I mean I don't think he just acknowledge it privately I think that's like kind of public information man that like this is a last resort this is a you know you're one step from shutting this tank down because you can't beat this thing let's take this uh, route instead hmm. uh, and so I don't know really what's in there that what is potentially gonna kill them or prevent them from replicating or whatever it is that, that it does but definitely works sometimes and hmm. uh, and you know one of the questions that we get all the time man is could you do a video on I was uh, just dinos, say, right yeah.
0: I was like what it, what would it take for us to do a video on dinos?
1: Well, so this is the thing that I don't want to do. I, I don't want to do a video that just, you know, regurgitates like all the same information. Mm. It's all super anecdotal, and like, do this, do that, whatever. Yeah. Like, you can go find, black out your tank, raise your, you know, phosphate levels or whatever. Like, you know, fifteen different things yeah. you could you could find anywhere. Turn your flow up, man. Like, I don't want to regurgitate that stuff. Go do all that stuff if you want, uh, but I want to find real answers. So. You know, uh, definitely get the microscope, man. Uh, you can get a cheap microscope on eBay for, or, or, or Amazon for almost nothing, you yeah, know, yeah. and start, like, exploring what kind of organism this is and what starts working on it. So this is prime, prime habitat for TV Investigates. Yeah. You know, I like we'll probably have to request at some point, send us your send dinos. Send your
0: dinos. <laughs> <sure>. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, that's what I was thinking. like every, my answer to when people when people ask that is when well, can you do a video can you do a video I was like yeah in, in order in order for us to do a video it can't it would have to be in brs tv investigates or some kind of fashion where uh, we're not just like you said regurgitating everything we're actually diving into solutions that work in ways that nobody really is doing so mm-hmm. when that fits into the schedule of what we're currently doing maybe
1: I, that's the way I want to do it. Yeah. So like, I don't want to just give you a list of everything. Uh, you could go find that anywhere. Top 10 Dino Tricks. Uh, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll do that. I do <laughs> uh, That sounds good, didn't it? Yeah, it actually did. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I don't know, man. Like, I want to really find out. So I think it's a problem that is solvable one way or another. Uh, like, I know it's solvable. One of the things I'll say is some of that stuff is solvable is just leave the damn tank alone like let these things play themselves out now if it's killing all your corals that are in there already like so be it man you got to do something about it yeah but if the tank is just filled with live rock and it's in the ugly stage just let it ride it out man like it might take a month or two or whatever but stop even blowing it off man just let these organisms fight out the battle that's happening in your tank and leave it alone it'll Hmm. probably go away on its own you may be just messing it up, spreading it around the tank as you constantly try to blow it off. Right. Know?
0: I mean, if there's nothing in the tank, uh, then there's really, and this is happening, there's a, what's preventing me from just shutting off my lights and doing the blackout anyway? Like, yeah. if, I'm not try, if I'm not trying to keep something alive with my lights on, then just shut them off. Yeah, uh, dude, you, shut, absolutely. Maybe that'll help. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, man. All right, well, let's answer a couple more questions. You know what?
1: I mean, I just don't think we're going to get to the crazy stuff. So let's just answer the next question. Uh, Uh, nine minutes we will answer some questions in here.
0: Okay. Have Uh, you ever done a water change? I like the Nodak Reefs question at the very top. Have you ever done a water change by pulling out through your skimmer and I started doing that and feel like I can't. Can you show us some more there? I feel like it uh, keeps up the water much more clear. Hmm. So Hmm. over skimming to pull water out for a water change. I wonder how long that takes. Huh.
1: I mean, it would probably work. I mean, you're probably doing super, super, super wet skimming. And Mm -hmm. uh, because of that, like you're definitely pulling out more. It's less precise, you know? So like you got to now monitor the cup Uh, Well, and your auto top off. Yeah, well, you you shut
0: your auto top off off crank the skimmer up so that it's over the the cup and you've got that going down into oh, a bucket. Like that. All right, I got what you're so now I've got now I've got the, the skimmer waste cup line going into a five gallon bucket and when it fills up the five gallon bucket then I can add in some new fresh salt water and I've done a water change.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go ahead and say that that is probably the most Effective way to export water for a water change that's going to have the highest concentration of nutrients that I've heard to date. So bravo, uh, Nodak, Deck. Huh. Are you willing to go through that level of effort to increase the
0: efficiency of your skimmer? I mean, or, your,
1: or of your water change. The
0: amount of time that I can imagine a skimmer pulling water out to fill up a five-gallon bucket. Uh, if you I mean, don't, don't if you do have it, it though, like. well, if you have, you have it cranked. Why not just uh, empty the the tank itself? I mean, it's, if it's going to pull that water that fast, pulling water that fast from the top of the tank is about the same.
1: No, I don't think so. So what what it's going to do here is
0: uh, <laughs> there's that air water
1: in there's that air water mixture. This in is just face. nerdy enough for me. I like it. <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, what you're going to do then is you know the things probably you know putting in x amount of water or gallons an hour of air or or, air and water right and so the water that's going to come out the top that's bubbled out is going to have the higher concentration of organics in it than if i just pulled water out of the tank do the nature that it bubbled out over the top as a form of a bubble.
0: Your circulation, your, your turnover rate has something to do with that too, because if you have a slow two times turnover rate and you're pulling that, sure, it's, had, it's nutrient rich, but in what percentage is that to the display Dude, tank? it's gonna take
1: hours though, man.
0: It's to, gonna, to, 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 to pull five out, gallons like, out? Pull out To pull out, like,
1: a 10% water change 100 gallons to pull
0: out 10%. We're assuming different speeds of how fast this is happening from your skimmer. Like, I'm assuming, like, I I want to do a 5-gallon water change on my tank. I kind of wanted to do it within an hour. Okay,
1: but even at 100 gallons an hour, like, the standard pump that's on one of those things, Mm. like, you're now going to mix the air in it, which means it's a tiny fraction of that thing. Mm. It's definitely going to take a half hour at least to fill up two buckets. Oh, yeah. But... Hey, uh <laughs> if you do it, man, I actually think it would probably done right, would probably pull out more the, the concentration of nutrients, undesirable nutrients or organics in the water yeah, yeah, yeah. would probably be higher in the skin mate that's overflowing and just than sucking just, just sucking water, of the water, right water out of there. Mm-hmm. So if you want the most efficient water change, that said I think you could probably just do like 15% instead of 10, and achieve uh, the, yeah, same the same kind of results. result, It just would <laughs> waste some salt, I don't know. True. So it depends on how you want to go about it, and, and maybe it's more efficient than that, and maybe it's like 20, I don't know. Uh, Very but well really cool be. idea, I, I mean, I, lo- I love thinking outside the box, huh. that's awesome.
0: Uh, all right. Uh, I got the, We had this question from uh, the CS asked it too, uh, Robert Pringle at the top. He wants to know when we're coming up with uh, DIY fish food 102. Mm. So I was
1: uh, shopping with my kid yesterday, yeah. and my wife at uh, Bed Bath & Beyond, I saw a slap chop and the first thing I thought of Do was I bet you fruit? could slap chop this thing and your food until you got to the right size. That's perfect. Yeah. Two seconds uh, breakfast to go, <laughs> you know, or, or however he says it. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I and Then I thought, of, you know what, the blender costs the same as this thing, actually. The oh, $30 really? Uh, see, there you uh, go. So I let, I let it stay there. <laughs> uh, I think it's gonna be pretty soon, man. Uh, I, there's a couple of things happening in the background for this one, mm-hmm. so. I don't know, man, I bet you within the month there'll be something on this. I'm, man, I'm tying myself down to this. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so what I'd like to give is two recipes. Uh, one that is just for your fish and one for an advanced tank. Mm-hmm. So like for instance, on the XXL 750, just got fish in it. Yeah. So I don't need all those coral foods and stuff in there. And all that's going to do is cause me problems. Right. It's going to grow algae and whatnot in the tank. Got so many tanks in there, the algae probably won't be an issue. But at the same time, man, I, I just don't need all those those are just undesirable nutrients at that point. Yeah. However, when the tank it is like this one, adding all of the reef chili and all the things into the food uh, and... Uh, you know the cyclopods and you know blending up various foods and clams and stuff into it will have a huge benefit for the organisms that are mm. in there that rely on those types of things so there will probably be two different ones and uh i you mean i say a month but you gotta give me like here, a month
0: and a half you see us up here on our cooking show again yeah that's, that was think, super fun that was maybe it, my favorite that's what people all were looking for
1: yeah chop chop uh, there was another one. Uh, what do you guys think about NOPOX uh, in there? So NOPOX, if you are watching earlier, we are talking about carbon dosing, and mm. carbon dosing just isn't my favorite thing. Uh, the NOPOX is a, a carbon dose, and if you actually look like at an the MSDS, it like literally says on there I think it's a mix of alcohol yeah. and uh, vinegar. Yeah. However, like you could say, oh, well, I should just go buy some alcohol and vinegar. Maybe you should. I, I can't tell you the safety of doing that or not doing it. I'm sure there's really acceptable sources of that. Mm-hmm. In this case the cool thing about it is it's whatever ratio they're using and the dosing instructions on the side of it has been used by tens of thousands of reefers uh, yeah. successfully so there's some benefit in you know using it in the way that everybody else uses it mm. and the scale of success that comes from it. Otherwise there's people that use dose vodka and vinegar and all those kinds of things on their own and I'd go listen, you know, research
0: those threads and try to figure out what, you know, seems to work the most to those people. Yeah, those were the trailblazers back when, when they started to use it. As, uh, the vinegar bottle and the bottle of al- alcohol doesn't people tell you. rice and stuff. Uh, it right. doesn't tell you like, for reef tank purposes, <laughs> use this, you know? So all those trailblazers from back when who, who figured it out, there are dose. I've, I've used to dose it myself uh, when I was uh, interested in like lowering my nitrates on one of my tanks. And I went to the threads, and there's very specific instructions on there for how much worked for their tank or how much to like start as a dose, so.
1: Yeah, so the only part is, man, it's just, for me, I I can only speak for myself, is when I was a reefer and I got, you know, I got 4,000 posts, you know, I went for original like reef central account. Mm. I think it is that many anyway, a lot. And I'm just asking; it's just really super hard to figure out who it is I'm supposed to listen to. Yeah, you know which one of these guys like has it really figured out? Yeah, you know, and so and then sometimes there's like a thread on like carbon dosing or no pox use, but it's like eight hundred pages deep, man. <laughs> so like, where's the accumulation of the uh, experiences? Like, like this is update one page one. Use one milliliter per gallon or whatever it is, you know. Uh, and you know, I, I wish that would happen. So, like. For some people, like, definitely saving some money on uh, just using a bottle of vinegar, mm-hmm. uh, even though it doesn't say reefing directions on it. Yeah. But in relation just to using it, uh, is it good or bad? It definitely produces results. It does. Like, it will definitely reduce the nitrate and phosphate in your tank, uh, probably to zero or near zero in, in most cases. The exact mechanism is theorized and largely believed but nobody really knows exactly how it works mm. uh i can tell you that it's supposedly based on a skimmer pulling out the bacteria that is consuming it mm. but i've seen it work in systems that don't have skimmers so i kind of think that there might be more to this than people actually think uh and you know i don't know so th- this one is a lot of known- unknowns and like like we said with worldwide man those guys are the nerdiest of the nerdiest or the nerdiest self-proclaimed nerdiest and they say oh, i don't dose it so uh, i don't know man if you're really super engaged and you want next level uh i think that is probably the safest way to do uh a carbon dose to make sure that you're doing what everybody else does you're using a safe material yeah, uh, yeah. and so go ahead uh I, it will absolutely work for you it's just a little confusing. All right. Hey, it's 4 o'clock, man. I have, I've, I've never had a hard time. <laughs>
0: they, were, they were giving you a countdown in the comments.
1: Oh, really? All right. All right. It's 4 o'clock. I, like, I never have an actual hard stop where I actually have to go do something. Uh, in this case, I do. So uh, I appreciate you guys all, all asking. And... Uh, you know, yeah. Looking forward to this week. Uh, we're gonna be talking salt, I think, all week, Wednesday yeah. and Friday. And uh, be nice to us, please. I, I beg <laughs> you. I beg you. Like all we're doing is adding information into the universe. And uh, I know everybody like loves our, our 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 salts near and dear to our heart. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's like all of them have something to do really awesome, and all of them have something they don't do super spectacular. Let's get that information of the universe so that like we can make all make intelligent decisions yeah. on what we do, because uh, it is not just the best it doesn't exist Mm -hmm. some do great things in some areas and some do great things in other areas and just pick one one wherever works for you yeah for sure cool all right we'll see you all right size see you later